And then all of a sudden, this man comes on and says, and I know you're going to get a kick out of this one. You know, he said Jesus was Jewish. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. This podcast exists to tell people's stories of crossing over from one life to another, becoming a Hebrew, and walking like our Messiah. Walk Like a Hebrew is entirely listener-supported. Please consider donating to the cause by visiting sheholdsforth.com slash donate. I'm Jody O'Dell, and this is episode 13. My guest this week is Pam Staley, a wonderful, godly woman whose story reminds me a little bit of Job. Pam is the mother of Passion for Truth founder Jim Staley, in case you're wondering. Here's her story. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. I am here with Pam Staley. Pam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. And thank you, Jody, for allowing me to come on and share a little bit with you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm really glad that we finally were able to connect and and do this interview. Can you introduce yourself? Well, my name is Pam Staley, and uh, I was married to uh, my husband, Jim, for almost 50 years. It'll be 50 years in July. He passed away uh, in uh, December of 2018. I have two sons, uh, Jim. Of course, some of you might know Jim. Uh, He was director of Passion for Truth Ministries. And my other son, Jason, unfortunately, is not with us any longer. But I have beautiful, eight beautiful granddaughters, two wonderful daughter-in-laws, and uh, I'm just happy to say that I'm still here and I'm still standing. I'm glad you're still standing. Been through a lot, I guess. Yeah, you have, haven't you? Well, so can you just real quick tell me about your your faith background? Were oh. you raised in, in the way or whatever it is that, <laughs> you know, we call ourselves or did you come from someplace different? Well, it's it's really not quick. I mean, it's a long story, so I will try to make it short. All right. I uh, actually was raised, and my whole entire family all came from a Catholic background. Oh, so I went wow. to parochial school for eight years, and then uh, public school for the high school. But uh, I was, like my dad used to say, died in the wool. Mm-hmm. And now I tell him that, yes, we were dead in the wool. But uh, <laughs> I spent... Um, my younger years, mostly uh, in the Catholic Church, until my oldest son, my I guess both boys were maybe fourth and fifth grade. And I just kept thinking that there was more to it. There had to be more than what I was getting from the church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I was just a nominal, I was Catholic, let me put it that way. I knew <laughs> I was going to heaven, didn't have to read the book. You know, it sat on the coffee table. And uh, I was just a normal normal Catholic. But what happened was I asked God, be careful what you ask him. (laughs) I asked him if there was more. And pretty soon, little things would start dropping into my lap. One thing led to another. I ended up in Kansas City, where my parents lived, with my family for Easter. So my mother had just got, quote, born again which I had no clue what that was. And since she wasn't in the Catholic Church, I thought she was just a heretic now. But uh, she really wanted me to go to this church with her, which was an assembly of God. This was probably 82, 1982. And so we, we went to Easter Sunday. But since it wasn't a Catholic church, I went with not only my cowboy boots on, I went with a chip on my shoulder. And so, uh, On Easter Sunday at Assembly of God Churches, they are decked out to the hilt. 
big bonnets and everything else. And so I went in there and of course my mother, it was just me and my mom. And I really was going to see my brother who is 10 years younger than I am. He was supposed to be in the choir. And I thought my brother in a choir. So I went in with her. We went halfway up to the front of the uh, church and I'm sitting in the pew and I'm like, I am so disgusted. I could not believe I was there. I felt like I was going to go to hell, to be honest with you, because I was not in the Catholic church on Easter Sunday. And uh, one thing led to another and the pastor got up and I didn't even know what to call him. I was so naive. I didn't know because all I had heard of was priests. Mm -hmm. So he gets up there and he starts talking about how Jesus walked down this road after being whipped and the skin was coming off of him, the flesh was coming off of him and the stains on his face. And I lost it. I don't know what happened, but I lost it. And my mother was afraid to touch me because she thought I would run. And uh, so this little girl in the back came up and touched my elbow and said, why don't you come up to the front and let us pray for you? And I said, get away from me. Who do you think you are? And so she went back to the back and I'm crying, you know, and I didn't know why I was crying. And pretty soon this pastor says, uh, anybody that needs prayer, just raise your hand. And I thought, well, I can handle that. So I raised my hand really small. And then the next thing, I, I didn't know they asked this, but the next thing he says is, why don't you come on up front? All those that have raised their hands, come up front. And I thought, no way, Jose. And all of a sudden I was up there on my knees and I don't remember any of the rest of it except looking at that silver cross and just crying my eyes out and saying, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. And I just, I never saw my brother sing. I, I, I was there until the end of the service. And finally that guy came over to me and he said, now that you're all wrung out, he said, now let the Holy Spirit fill you up. Wow. I left that day a changed woman. I read my Bible within a month from cover to cover. And then I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, Father, because I'm still going to Catholic Church. Well, that's when the charismatic movement was starting to be popular. So I tried to join that. Then I started listening to Christian radio because I had never listened to Christian radio before. I was country girl. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Dr. Dobson comes on, on this Christian radio station. So I start trying to follow his advice. And then all of a sudden, this man comes on and says, and I know you're going to get a kick out of this one. <laughs> you know, he said, Jesus was Jewish. <sighs> and I stopped. I was in the kitchen and I was, what? What? He's Jewish. What? You know, because we're told that, you know, Peter had the keys to the kingdom and, you know, he was, he was the apostle of the Catholic church. And so I had to go meet this man. And uh, what is ironic is that where I live right now is exactly where I learned about the faith. Wow. Uh, so everything is full circle. But I came, I, I came over, I started listening to his teachings. His name was Peter Micah, of Messengers of Messiah. And he was on Joy FM radio right here in town. And um, after a couple of years studying under him, ended up teaching with him and another friend of mine who was a pastor of a non-denominational church. And so we ended up traveling around teaching Tabernacle, Tabernacle of Moses. I did a whole PowerPoint thing, only it was uh, whatever you call those slides, you know, the, the overhead projector. Yes. The overhead projector. <laughs> awesome. I still have that. <laughs> that's kind of where it started. Cool. Um, but I, I didn't know anything about keeping the feast days or anything. I was simply, um, you know, we were we called it the Jewish roots of Christianity at that point. Huh. And um, 
my whole heart was to tell Christians they needed to support Judah and Israel. And then I went to the synagogues and told them that Christians loved them. And uh, that's kind of how it got started. And it just, the Father just really put so much on our plates during those early years. We went to Israel almost every other year in the 90s. Wow. One thing led to another. I did little mini seminars and had um, lovers of Israel in my first, uh, yeah, my first mini seminar. So it was just, uh, it was an exciting time. The 90s. And the, and the early 2000s was a very exciting time for me. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it was interesting. A lot of miracles happened during those times. That is so cool. So it, that was the thing then. Somebody said Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. That was the thing. The Torah was still applicable today. Oh. And I'm like, well, what is Torah? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But there have been a lot of stepping stones. I mean, I've always believed that when your heart is ready to hear the truth, then the Father will put truth in your path. Because until you're ready to hear it, you don't know even what truth is. Right. You don't want to know it. You pass it right up. That makes me wonder how many times do we hear this mm-hmm. and we just don't realize we've heard it before because we weren't ready. True. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think that's why scripture says some water, you know, and some yes. so. And so you you can't get tired of doing it because you never know who you're going to reach. I meet people today that said, I knew you 30 years ago when you had that little Yahoo news group called Mesherette. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Because, you know, I did websites back then and it was all in HTML. We didn't have these neat little things called templates or WordPress, anything like that. I'm just amazed at everything that went, what we went through. And we loved it. There were so many people that were so on fire back then and had no clue of anything that would have happened now. Yeah. You know, the Messianic movement. I mean, we went through the Jewish Jewish roots, the Hebrew, no, the Messianic movement, then the Hebrew roots. And now nobody wants to be anything. So, Because <laughs> they're all crazy. <laughs> well, no, they're not all crazy. There's crazy people in them yeah. that give them well, all a bad label now. I mean, you know, I mean, with all the offshoots and all the extremes, yeah, uh, it's hard to find a balance anywhere. And when you do find a balance, you're there for a little bit and then it splits. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I really think though that every movement goes through this. Yes. And I believe we're coming to a place now. I really do. I believe we're coming to a place now where the majority of those that are in this walk have realized that we have no structure. Yes. We have no accountability. And I believe there are young men rising up right now that have integrity, that recognize the problem. And I believe thoroughly that the father is going to impress on their hearts to say, okay, guys, enough's enough. We have got to have some structure. We have to have places in order so that when there is a problem, when there's a question, they have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice to have a local congregation to join, but that local congregation also needs some place to go. Say, yeah. look, we got this problem. What do we do? Right. So we didn't do that in the beginning. You know, we did not do that. We just broke off of Messianic Judaism and then did our own thing. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get there. You know, the father's not done with it, with all of us, you know, so we're, we're still going to, we're still walking it out. Yeah. Hopefully it'll happen before my time's <laughs> over. But <laughs> So what do you call yourself then? What is it that you, you know, when people ask, what do you call yourself? Well, um, it really depends on who I'm talking to. 
<laughs> I only laugh because every single person I've asked that question has the exact same answer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I, I try to keep it simple. I really do. I try to keep it very simple because none of my family actually follows Torah. Uh-huh. Um, it's just my mom and dad and myself, both my boys. But other than that, uh, you know, the rest of my family, and I'm the oldest of six, do not. And they don't think I'm nuts anymore, but I just simply tell them or any of my relatives that I just try to follow the Bible as best I can with the knowledge that I have today. And I usually go back, you know, to um, the Torah and I say, mm-hmm. when, you know, well, when God said it lasted forever, because that was my very first question to my priest, how come we don't follow these feast days? It says they're forever. When did that end? Yes. When did that end? I can't figure out when forever ended. And it didn't say it was for the Jews. It was for the people. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they never have an answer for that. And uh, they just leave me alone then. <laughs> <laughs> but I really don't have a problem with saying I'm messianic because it simply means that I expect the Messiah to return. Yes, that's, and that, that's good. That, that kind of flows in both Judaism and where whatever sect of messianicism that you find yourself, because the Jews are still waiting for Messiah. Yes, they so, are. As are we. <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah>. Come soon. <laughs> oh, please. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, so you were saying before, earlier when we spoke, you were talking about your work with 119 Ministries. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about how you got involved with them and sure. just some things about, about that group? I mean, you don't have to tell us any of their deep, dark secrets or anything, but... <laughs> they don't have any. They're good guys. Okay. <laughs> so actually, I have to back up before 119, because when uh, our family started uh, Passion for Truth, we started in Jim's um, loft, and it was just my husband and myself and Jim and Cheryl. And so we started that, and pretty soon, you know, the people started coming to his, his uh, house because he put a little sign out in his, in his subdivision, Bible study. And uh, there was a lot of people that ended up coming. I guess we had maybe, man, 30, 40 people in his basement at one time. Wow. And John was there. Uh, John ended up coming in and Steve was there. And uh, they lived actually across the river in Illinois. And um, John and Steve were, uh, I think they knew each other before they came to PFT. They'd had a Bible study in uh, John's house, I believe. Uh And they were really into prophecy. They got to the point where they were making videos. And finally, they just had to separate themselves from Passion for Truth because God was putting a new ministry in their hearts. And so Mm -hmm. uh, they started their own 119 Ministries. It um, basically was in their, you know, on their kitchen table or in their living room. And uh, I always kept in contact with them because I really had a lot of respect for both of them. They were both, well, John's an engineer by trade. So John was very thorough. (laughs) Everything was checked out. I mean, even when we went to Costa Rica, he'd already checked that out. And Steve is very thorough in, in checking all the various things, and he really is into prophecy. So when uh, my husband and I, I believe it was 2011, the guys were already in Costa Rica. I mean, they just flourished over there. And so when Jim and I went, we went for two weeks just as a visit, and we ended up staying eight months. Wow. And uh, 
I ended up working for John and I loved it. I, I did the same thing for him that I did for my son, which was all the admin work, the email, the phones, all the rest of the stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm a networker and I'm a people person. So I enjoy it wherever I'm at. So I, I was very, you know, very uh, appreciative that he uh, allowed me to work for him. Yeah, if you were doing admin for them, then you probably answered some of my emails, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> probably. Uh, in fact, that's that's usually the um, biggest thing people remember me for. Not that I tried to hog the phone, but uh, <laughs> for the, you know, for the first five years, I guess, when we started PFT, I did all the phones and the emails and the brochures and the conferences and Everything that had to be done, I did. The web, yeah, I even did the first website. And then, of course, much more capable people came in and took over. <laughs> I, I understand how I understand how that feels. <laughs> Losing yeah. a position to somebody yeah. who's imminently more qualified. Yes, I do. But it all worked out because they were great guys that came in. I mean, they were so capable. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful how God fills these positions? Oh, unbelievable. I mean, every one of them was a miracle that came into PFT. And then, of course, all the the conferences we did were simply amazing. Nobody had tried, you know, what Jim had tried uh, up to that point. And I, I just still am amazed that we were able to pull them off because they were probably all, I mean, if anybody's been to any of those conferences, there were probably 10 of us that, that did all the work. Oh, wow. And, and they were they were amazing. Wow. But uh, those were the good old days. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> now we just watch the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> and YouTube. Praise the Lord for YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is wonderful. Yes. While we're on the topic of Jim, um, maybe you could give our listeners an update. So he's been there five years. He's been in the federal uh, prison for five years. He's up in Minnesota right now. And I have never been more proud of him in my entire life. And my mother always says you can't be proud because that's <laughs> that's a sin. But but I am so proud of my son. Uh, his faith has grown exponentially. It has grown so much, and he has matured. And I can't say enough about Cheryl. I mean, I know this sounds like a commercial, but uh, <laughs> you know, Cheryl is a rock. I mean, she has stood by her man and uh, has grown into her own woman. Mm. And she is uh, something to be reckoned with. And those girls, all six of them, I've not met any more mature and godly young women. I stand back and I, I just think I have to praise his holy name for it. I believe that it's the father that's in charge yes. of absolutely everything. everything. So there was a reason for that. There was a reason that PFT was birthed and there was a reason that PFT was dismantled. Mm. And it's all got to be for his glory. Because if you look back at the fruit that that produced worldwide, you have to say, wow. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I still have in contact with people in Romania and Russia and Germany and Netherlands. And I just, I, I never cease to be amazed at what one person can do. So no one has the excuse of saying it's I'm just one person. Yes. No one, because you never know where that word is going to land. And it's not you that's doing it. It's his word that goes forth. It's his word. So I just want to encourage everybody to do what you can do. Whatever the father, whatever gift you have, use it because the father is going to amplify it. It's going to, it'll just be bountiful. 
Okay, my commercial's finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was wonderful. I'm sitting here just trying to control my control my emotions. We've been through a lot. Well, and and you've gone yes. through a lot of it yourself, Jody. So I mean, I know you can empathize yes, can. with a lot of what we went through. But to lose both my husband and my son, and then to have Jim, you know, so far away. Like I said, I'm still standing, and I praise God for that. So I don't think He's finished with me yet, anyway. No, I think it, I think you're amazing. I really do. I think your story and your testimony and your family—it's just incredible what God has been able to do with what man meant for evil. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes, I think it's absolutely. I think it's wonderful. And I think, you know, I've told other people too, and, and anybody that's going through any kind of tribulation or problems right now, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, it's all in your perspective. Because once you change your perspective and you think, all right, Father, what is it you want me to learn from this? Because I hate being in this position. What is it I'm supposed to learn? And when you change your perspective, your whole outlook changes. Somehow that always happens, but it's your perspective. Like grandma used to say, you know, if you get lemons, make lemonade. <laughs> yes. And it's so true. It's yes. so true. And you know what? Another thing that's, that is comforting sometimes when I get uh, oh, a little down, um, I will remember that I'm also in good company. When I look at, <laughs> when I look back in the scriptures yes. and I see <laughs> that they were real people, they had they real problems. Uh, you know, they weren't at behind the pulpit all the time. Yeah. Uh, some of them were lied about. Uh, uh, Joseph in prison, yeah. what, for 20 years? I mean, so we have a lot of history to look back at and glean from how they handled it. And so that's our job. I mean, people that come behind us are going to look ahead and say, wow, if they can get through that, I can get through this. Yes, I hope so. I really, I really hope so. Make it all worth it. I really would. Well, thank you so much, Pam. May God bless you and your family. And you guys are always in my prayers. Thank you, Jody, for this opportunity. Uh, It's been a long time I've been on the air. So thank (laughs) Thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you so very much. You'll be in our prayers as well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. You can learn more about the Staley family and their ministries by clicking the link in the show notes or by going directly to staleyfamilyministries.com. That's S-T-A-L-E-Y familyministries.com. Show notes can be found on your preferred podcast app or at sheholdsforth.com. Many thanks to Jack Lane for our music, which can be found at jackmlane.com. May Yahovah bless you. We'll catch you next time.